everyone, and welcome to Tabletop Radio Hour, your podcast for everything tabletop. My name is Zach, and this week I've got the regular crew. I have Mark, and I have Steve. Mark, how are you today? I'm doing okie-dokie. How about you? I'm fairly okie-dokie myself. Awesome. A little little more heavier on the okie <laughs> uh, than the dokie. Yeah, uh, Steve, how are you doing? Uh, we tad under the weather, but thanks for asking. Perfect. Um, but yeah, today we're going to have another... Uh, Another talk show episode here, uh, but like we always do, we want to start off with our segment, Wish of the Week. In Wish of the Week, we talk about anything we're excited for, from movies to RPGs to video games. This week, we'll start with Steve. Steve, do you have anything exciting on the horizon? Well, I'll tell you what, it's completely off the RPG topic, but... I am so on the Borderlands 3 hype train, okay? <laughs> I can't tell you. Like, they recently announced Borderlands 3. It's coming out in, I right. think, September. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my God. I'm, like, replaying old Borderlands. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, they remastered the first one. I'm playing that. I played the okay, Telltale yeah. game. I am, like, 100% all on board for Borderlands. If the third one sucks, I'm not even going to admit it until, like, two months later. <laughs> yeah, that, that's. Uh, I think that's something a lot of people will do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> because the yeah. hype is so high for for uh, you know this franchise. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, I realize like the potential for letdown is pretty high, but you know what, dude, I don't care. Like this is going to be amazing. I am all in. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Anything else for you? That's all I got. That's all you got, Mark. Uh you know, I was going to talk about something else, but that just kind of reminded me of something I. <laughs> thought of uh before i don't have you guys seen uh this thing about uh the paranoia uh game on steam Ooh, um, oh really no let me yes. see uh don't let me take a look know too much about it but yeah it's uh you know we've talked about paranoia uh often and uh this is a uh Paranoia. Is, it, is it an approximation of the RPG, or is it like a, a video game set in the Paranoia universe? It's a video game uh, set in the Paranoia universe, is my understanding. Oh my god, that's so beautiful. Um, you know, you're, uh, well, what does it say here? It says, uh, lead a team of four troubleshooters of dubious loyalty who mostly obey orders from friend computer, a paranoid and irrational artificial intelligence, inspired by the classic games of the CRPG genre. Experienced the first adaptation of the cult role-playing game. So it's by uh, Black Shamrock and Cyanide Studios. Which is very coincidental because we have talked about Cyanide Studios in the past. I Steve thought I we had, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, with, so. with the Call of Cthulhu game. Okay. When that, mm, okay, when that yeah. Call of Cthulhu game came out. Uh, oh. the, you know, they are they're the creators of, of that. Yes. But uh, yeah, that looks interesting. Yeah, okay, so here's the, the, the full... Full description. Paranoia is a CRPG that takes place in humanity's last idyllic refuge, Alpha Complex, 
which is controlled by friend computer. All citizens enjoy a life of joy, cheerfulness, and cleanliness. Questioning the benevolence of friend computer is an act of treason. Having access to information beyond your security clearance is an act of treason. Refusing to drink your daily dose of bub- bouncy bubble beverage is an act of treason. Treason is punishable by summary execution. Stay alert. Trust no one. Traitors are everywhere, plotting to destroy the computer. Alpha Complex itself and our precious way of life. Identify them, report them, or eliminate them as the treasonous scum they are. Keep your laser handy. You lead a team of troubleshooters with red security clearance. Your job is to find trouble and shoot it. Friend Computer (laughs) monitors your every move. Alert for any sign of treason and will undoubtedly reward you for prompt and heroic action in defiance of Alpha Complex or punish treasonable acts, possibly by assigning you to be used as reactor shielding. (laughs) This is a retro-futuristic world filled with technologies as wondrous as they are deadly. Create and lead a team of four troubleshooters working for Friend Computer. Choose your specializations from 16 available skills. Unique character progression through cloning. If you die, you progress. Tactical (laughs) combat system with active pause inspired by classic classic CRPG games. Original enemies include malfunctioning robots, aggressive drink dispensers, and defective clones. So it sounds exactly like... Paranoia. Exactly like the RPG. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's I, yeah, it essentially is. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's par- It's just paranoia of the video game. Right. Well, That's and these screenshots like really capture the whole paranoia universe. I'm looking at it, and it's like, I oh, know. dude, there it is. Yep. Boom. Yeah, like it's, that. It's makes absolutely sense. beautiful, and I love oh, it. Oh my god. Yes. I beautiful. can't believe I haven't heard of that. Yeah, I I just saw it at some point this week, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I beautiful. I knew well, I said, had to mention it. They said it's available sometime this year. They don't have like a firm date on it, but yeah, it just oh says God, available it's beautiful. 2019. Right. And it looks yeah. like it's going to be like an XCOM style game. Um, Maybe. So we'll see. The whole active time pause thing makes me think Fallout. So I think that's probably where they were mm. like getting this from. Okay. Mm-hmm. But we shall see. Yeah. But it, but it also does seem like a, uh, uh, something that would benefit from an XCOM style, uh, yeah. style thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, well, def- definitely looks multiplayer. I, mm-hmm. You know, so it's not yeah. a yeah single well, player. Mm-hmm. It actually says single player, so oh, I think it, it probably is single player. Yeah, oh, maybe, I'm... which is kind of unfortunate because, but I guess I guess the rest of your team is probably NPCs. So, or you, seem... you control all of them like XCOM. If that it is be... XCOM style, that's true. It does say you create a, a team. You have a party. Yeah, you that probably have a party. Sense. Okay. They're all spies, though. I mean, like, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I would love if it was, like, a Dungeon Siege style. Um, like, the the whole top-down, you get to move, you have your attacks, your specials, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, which, would, which would be interesting. But it has to have some... Your, your team must be able to turn on you. Yeah, something like that's that. That's paranoia, yeah. Exactly. Well, I think it probably is, but it seems to be like sort of a turn-based version of that. So, mm. yeah, like the original, X, not the original XCOM, but the recent XCOM remake is what I'm thinking. Like but XCOM it seems 2, like XCOM 3 stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like less of an RPG, though. I mean, let, no, I'm sorry, less of like an action game. Like, it's probably not like the two-stick shooters, even though the screenshots right. look like a, a dystopian version of Smash TV. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's great. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, for me this week, it is also a video game, so I guess it's video game week. Um <laughs> But uh, Mortal Kombat 11, 
Ooh, Mortal Kombat 11 is coming out later this month. Yay! Um, and I've I've got the nostalgia of playing it when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> old school, old school stuff. Um, and it was great. It was amazing. So yeah, um, you know, having this nice remastered, very very beautiful Mortal Kombat 11 that's got more and more fatalities <laughs> by the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. They've they've released some clips of the different fatalities. Um. From this this new game, and it, it and looks they, it looks real good. They look horrifying. They look horrifying, and it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got good reason to be excited. Nether Realms has been on a streak with this one. I mean, all their their recent Mortal Kombat's have just been knocking out of the park. So, I yeah, think, I heard um, Ten was really good. Ten was great. Uh, the the remake that was just playing Mortal Kombat, I guess, was like awesome. I played that one all the way through, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And um, their um uh the uh was it Injustice, um. Yeah, the the DC one the is DC uh, one. really stellar too. It oh, and, great. and if we're talking about unsubstantiated rumors, apparently they've been chatting with Disney about doing a DC Marvel crossover game. So yes. think about that. That's oh. beautiful. So an injustice style, including Marvel heroes. That's oh. that's right. great. That's gonna because be a- nice. Apparently, Capcom had the license for the Marvel stuff, but apparently, like Disney wasn't super happy with the way that panned out, and they yeah. have been really excited about the direction they took the uh, the DC stuff. Now, they uh, I, I can only imagine it would be slightly less violent than Injustice, but who knows? You know, hey, that's part of the stick, so you know that would be cool to see. I agree, I agree, but yeah, there's some cool stuff coming up here. Uh, alrighty, yeah, and I guess that'll be it for this segment of Wish of the Week. Now on to some main stuff. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. <laughs> and Mark's coughing over Sorry. <laughs> I thought Steve was the sick Surprise. one. Surprise. <laughs> yeah, what the heck, Mark? <laughs> uh, how do you catch uh, stuff over Skype? What? <laughs> yeah. Contagious. Computer virus. <laughs> Get away from me. Get your pixels away from me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, one, one big thing we want to uh, talk about here is we had a recent announcement from... John Wick and company. Bum, bum, bum. Not so much and company anymore, but. <laughs> a company. Yeah. A company. Well, I think last time we were together, we kind of hinted at uh, something coming. And Yeah, we, we had yeah. gotten a, an announcement saying, hey, we, we've got an announcement <laughs> for you, but this isn't it. <laughs> yeah. They were announcing yeah. the fact that there was going to be an announcement. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we had zero information about it at the time and uh and now we have one information we have one information and that's all the information (laughs) we need that is um it looks like john wick has teamed up with the one and only chaosium uh publishers of call of cthulhu etc etc um to to publish all of the seventh seventh c stuff including Mm -hmm. the the katai series which uh i'm very excited about because i love how how uh Chaosium does their stuff. I I have to confess, I'm not I'm not too familiar with Chaosium. Um, I know they're a big name. I, I know of them, so mm-hmm. you know I'm ex- I'm excited based on that. Um, but uh, tell tell us what do you, what do, what do you like about Chaosium? I mean, just their their all of their books are just gorgeous. 
they're just stunning. All of the artwork is, you know, it's it's displayed. Their artwork is displayed very well on, say, full page, uh, you know, representations of of artwork. Um, their formatting is really good. Whoever they have doing their formatting, um, is on point. Always. Well, <clears throat> and their stuff doesn't look cheap is the big thing. Like they've got yeah, the exactly. same kind of attention to detail and quality that we've been seeing on the, 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 the kickstarted, uh, the seven C stuff. stuff so far. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> but, um, but yeah, they've, they've been around for forever and, uh, they, they know what they're doing, <laughs> you know, and I, I enjoy that. Yes, that's that's very exciting, and and it's just good to see that that it's going to be moving forward. You got some, uh, you know, company behind it. Uh, they did. He did say specifically they're going to be uh, continuing to fulfill their Kickstarter obligations. So mm-hmm. that's that's exciting. Um, everything at, at at the moment or recently, everything was being moved to Chaosium right. proper, right? Uh, you <clears throat> know, to to get the process going. Yeah. So, uh, that's, that's good. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they, uh, um, if they have to, cause obviously they're going to have to start reprinting things. Um, and they're yeah. going to want their logo in there and probably yep. some, change some copyright information. Uh, so I'm that or it just depends on the agreement they had. Exactly. Maybe, exactly. maybe saying you get everything from this point on. Uh, well, I, I would, don't know. I would think Who if knows? they want to, if they need to continue reprinting, you know, any, any time they need to reprint the core rule books or for example, that's fair. Yeah, you exactly. Know, that's mm-hmm. going to be under their banner now. So, uh, um, I just, you know, I hope they keep the formatting to, to kind of look good on the shelves with the stuff that was yeah. printed earlier. Exactly. Um, well, my big thing is I think this is probably going to help their distribution because yes. previously uh, they were, you know, we were able to find them at like exactly one place in Orlando and Orlando isn't dinky. So I think now they should be like, uh, we'll see a lot more. Of them. I've seen Chaosium stuff in just comic book stores, oh, yeah? general game stores. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's potential here for them to really open up the audience. That, but that's we'll a see. good thing. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to see what, what Chaosium does with it and how they, how they handle the, uh, the publishing side of things. Um, yes. But yeah, we'll have more information when that comes out. Agreed. <laughs> As Steve said, we have one information. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, some more big stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about Megacon a little Ooh, bit yeah. here. Yay. Because that is that is coming up. I don't know exactly when this episode will be released, <laughs> because that's the joy of podcast life. You never know uh, what's coming out when. Mm-hmm. True. Uh, and uh, and yeah, this should be fairly close to uh, to when MegaCon is happening. MegaCon is the sixteenth. Starts the sixteenth yes. Thursday, yes. May sixteenth. Uh, through through that weekend. Through the nineteenth, yes. Through the nineteenth, I am mm-hmm. so pumped. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. I'm very excited. We have our booths together this year. Yep. 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 I will be going, and uh, and we will we will make it a thing. Uh, Mark, you want to talk about it a little bit? Uh, well, this you know pretty much uh, you know it's something I've been doing for a long time. Steve's been doing it for quite a while now. Uh, Going to get Zach in on with with us this time. Uh, got some tables together, so we'll be there. We'll be doing, uh, you know, be meeting folks. Uh, 
got a fair amount of merchandise. I'll be having, uh, of course, all the Steam Spy stuff. Uh, a couple of my books, um, my Agent Elf books, my uh, Acting for Artist books. Uh, Steve, what do you what do you plan on having on hand? Well, I've got um, uh, the Anarcade Deck Builder and the uh, uh, Recommend game, as as we had last year. But uh, this is the first convention where uh, the Anarcade 8-Bit Rummy will be available to purchase. And um, I'm really excited about that. It's it's a little bit less expensive than some of my other products, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how it does. So uh, swing by and check it out. I can hardly wait. But uh, yeah, we're Beautiful. we're all looking forward to, to meeting some of you and uh, hearing hearing your stories and uh, sharing uh, sharing some stuff live and in person. Absolutely, I'll be there. Uh, I'm not selling anything, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> so I'm not going to go and make money. But um, <laughs> uh, I will be not like we're going to make money. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, relative. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. all relative. <laughs> But yeah, it's um, I'm I'm gonna be walking around with my microphone, my microphone, and uh, talking to some people. I'm gonna be uh, be roaming the roaming the aisles, mm-hmm. roaming the floors. It's gonna be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, we should have. If you're a fan and you wanna you wanna be on a show or something, swing by the table and and you know we'll make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. I'm always there to talk. <laughs> because because I'm a podcast host that's, and I like to talk. Not a, not a budding <laughs> therapist, no. <laughs> no, no. Uh-uh. <clears throat> What's that? Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we uh, we might have some some special things uh, as well for for you all if if we get the opportunity to uh, to do it, and uh, we'll we'll have some more information um, probably on our social media as well around that time, mm-hmm. uh, and. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, we'll we'll have uh, booth numbers, table numbers, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, we'll get all that together for for everybody and and post it on the social medias. Yes, perfect. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited for MegaCon. Uh, it's it's gonna be a great time. We're gonna Shoot. you know we're gonna be in person. Uh, the three of us yep. for mm-hmm. the first time, which is gonna be amazing. Yeah, it's true. And they got some uh, great names this year. <clears throat> They really uh, do. For this, for has gotta be the best, this has got to be the best lineup I've ever seen. Yeah, they've got Mark yeah. Hamill and, I don't know, like anybody who's ever been in a sci-fi movie is going to be there. So, uh, Yeah, I mean, Zach Levi coming right off Shazam. Right off Shazam, mm-hmm. yeah. which I'm very excited for. Yeah, David Tennant. When does that Bill come out, by the way? Yesterday, uh, this weekend. Uh, just came we- out, it came yeah. out this weekend? Yeah. Perfect. So the, we- the weekend we're recording this anyway, yes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's got just about the entire cast of Back to the Future. Um, mm-hmm. Smallville, um, Linda Carter, <laughs> David Tennant, Billy Piper, Stephen Amell. Um, oh yeah, so we have, uh, yeah. couple Arrow people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bunch of the Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they're like basically the yeah, whole yeah, yeah. cast of the Lost Boys. I think. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna be really cool. And then you know, as <clears throat> as these weeks go on, they'll they'll get some last minutes in there. Yes, uh, yes. definitely. Yeah. There'll be a lot of a lot of a lot of good people there. It's true. I feel like since they uh, switched management the past year or two, they've it's a lot more like Comic Con. It's actually comparable to some of the Comic Cons in scope now. Um, mm. They've had it's better organized, parking's a breeze, and and uh, and just the the names they've been able to pull in are a lot higher profile than what, you've, what we've seen in the past. So it's true. really exciting, yeah. and I'm so looking forward to it. Yeah, and there's a big big game. There's a lot of gaming going on too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they, there's usually a, a whole table or a whole big room full of uh, 
uh, RPG stuff going on, which is usually, to be fair, all D&D, but um, yeah. maybe some Pathfinder. Um, but uh, hopefully that, that can expand a little bit. Um, well, and, and they've, uh, they've yeah. pretty much got the table set up, so if you want to play something else, I'm positive you can find people that, that are mm-hmm. willing to play whatever, so... Right. Usually, what it what it is is uh, it's usually adventure style. league stuff. Adventure oh, league stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay, sit yeah. down with a pre gen character and just yeah. dive in and and do you know some basic uh, basic adventures. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's a great way to to get used to the system and get used to role playing in general. So it's a great way to dip your toe in the water, kind of. That's fair. And yeah. also locally, I mean, it's it's a great way to find, uh, you know, an adventure league if you're looking for, you know, a group to get together or, or you know, whatever. Because that's, that's how I started out at my local convention here. Great uh, point. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a great way to, you know, expand your, your friend player base mm-hmm. and, uh, and get some good gaming going. That's yeah. true. All of the nerds come out for this one. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a big one. Yeah. It's got absolutely. Uh, since we're on conventions, real quick, real pop question for y'all. I just thought of it. Okay. <laughs> uh, what are your best convention memories? <laughs> okay. Hmm. <laughs> I've got mine, but it's got that a little reaction bit of, from Steve. It's got a little bit of setup to it, and I don't know if it's worth the time. But I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make this happen. Okay. Um, hey, hey, uh, Steve, we're at 21 minutes. We got a yeah. lot of time. <laughs> okay, well, I promise it's not that long. But, um, okay, well, basically, here's the deal. Um, ages ago, uh, there was a, a convention, and there was um, we were trying to get the, the low-key ghetto photograph of Robert Picardo from Voyager, the doctor, um, <laughs> where, you know, you, like, instead of actually going up to the table and, like, paying him, like, like real respectable people and getting a nice, you know, selfie or whatever... You like, you know, kind of pretend you're taking pictures of some G.I. Joe figures over there, but Robert Ricardo just happens to be in the background. In the yeah, just in the frame. Yeah, and, <laughs> and just because it's it's you know. So we were we were kind of setting that up and a friend of mine's there and um he's he's kind of posing and mugging, but he's like totally out of frame, so we can really get Robert Picardo over there. And I'm getting ready to snap the shot, and like right when I hit the picture, I hear like a hey and who is it? It's the guy who I'm taking the picture of, my, my buddy. His ex-wife, who he hasn't seen in five years, has just identified him and just waved him over. And he <laughs> had the most beautiful look. And so I got this picture, okay? And it's got him with this look of dread. Just, oh. It's like <laughs> on his head. And he's kind of like half-waving. And like he looks like he wants to die. And then in the background of that, you see Robert Picardo with the most like stern look of disapproval I have ever seen. We didn't pull anything over on him. He completely <laughs> has this marked for this crap. And he's like, really? Really? You couldn't just come over and say hi? Like, uh, it's it's the greatest freaking photo I've ever taken in my life. There is so much going on. If it were like one of those dead rising photos, it would have a thousand emotional tags all over it. (laughs) And there you go. That's my story. Okay. And that's your story. That's great. Uh, Mark, what about you? Do you have one? Oh, there's so many. There's um, so many, right? Yeah, because you've been you've been at this for a while, a yeah. long time. Yeah, um, I guess probably one of my favorites is uh, back. You know, it's pretty much uh, we had a, a group of us uh, that did comics that would kind of bunch our cable tables together and 
really got to know a lot of the uh, Artist Alley people. And mm-hmm. we were hanging out, and I, I don't know if the show hadn't started, or it was still early anyway, and the, this little old lady kind of comes over, and she asks uh, one of the other guys uh, where the VIP room is. And he points it out, and she says, oh, thanks. And she starts going. She takes about three steps, and he realizes it was... Um, Blanking on her name, uh, Lois Lane from Superman. Oh, oh, the um, Christopher Reeve, Margot Kidder. It was Margot oh, Kidder. perfect. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like, "Hey, you're," and she's like, "Hey, yeah." And she like scurries off. And, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go because I got I got noticed, yeah. so I'm just gonna leave. But yeah. uh, no, that was that was good. Um, I had Adam West come over and chat at my table for a while. Oh, once. that's great. Um, it's too cool. I had Don from the original Lost in Space. Uh, I got to meet. Um, that was that That's was. Oh, beautiful. here's here's a great one. Mm-hmm. I uh, this was at MegaCon right here in Orlando. Um, mm-hmm. Walking into the bathroom, and uh, literally had uh, George Takai walk out and bump into me. <laughs> and you know, oh my God. Uh, I said, "Oh, excuse me." And yeah, you know, I, I think he really gave me a oh. Oh my! And it's like, ah, a, oh, yeah. wow. Okay, beautiful. <laughs> so, he probably gets paid every time he says that. Yeah. Probably, yeah. 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 So yeah. that was uh, so that was pretty cool. Oh, that's um, beautiful. But yeah, that's you know, it's a great time. It's a great time to just kind of you know have all mm-hmm. these kind of things and you know to see the sights and meet lots of people and uh, you know you're yeah. gonna have a great time. Oh, oh, I bet, I bet. Um, so my favorite convention memory uh i just sent a a photo in our group text so you can uh check that on your cellular devices um i have a cell phone in in high school i i did did a uh joker cosplay nice uh and i walked around the convention two days (gasps) that's a good like that okay uh, and that picture uh, was on the front page of the the Tulsa World, the the big newspaper here nice. in town. Nice. Well, you got um, you got a great smile for it. I'll tell you what. By the way, <laughs> killer Joker costume, man. It's sort of a Dark Knight era. It looks really solid. Yeah. Nice yeah. Skin. It's it's Heath Ledger's Joker, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mother is a, a very talented seamstress, so uh, you know. High school, high school, and in, in, in those times were costume yeah. central. Uh, but but you did uh, you did get the hex pattern on the shirt. So I did. You got yeah. a little bit of the uh, the gaming. It, I, uh, it's it's the, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, it's the exact print shirt, the exact tie, and I got a pair of socks that nice. were. And then the rest that that suit was just completely hand tailored. Perfect. It was it was wonderful. Um, but yeah. There, there's another picture where it's just, um, it's just, it's a this crowd of people, mm. and towards the back in the middle, you see me with this face paint and green hair, <laughs> just in this sea of people. It's just a really cool picture. Ah, oh, nice. Uh, but yeah, there were tons and tons of photographers that you know posted pictures everywhere. Nice. It was nice. really cool. It was great. So, one of the things I really miss about MegaCon is. They used to do it the same time as uh, these cheerleader finals. Oh my god! So oh, yeah. the the convention center would be like divided off, and you'd have the megacon going on, and right next to it would be the the cheerleader whatever. So you had your classic high school, 
you know high school scene. going on here yeah, it's like you know the 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 clicks all the nerds over here <laughs> yeah. doing their comic booky stuff and all the cheerleaders with their moms yeah. pointing out those are the boys you never date you know <laughs> but uh it'd be so funny because you'd see the people on cosplay and you know the yeah the the real heavy uh you know be like the the frazetta barbarians or something and you know, these cheerleaders are like oh <laughs> my god it was great yeah and they were well they were good about like taking like stopping and getting photos with people too honestly so it was like they were actually mm-hmm. pretty good sports about the whole thing it was, it uh, yeah, was crazy though a lot of them were yeah but uh sure you know my, my big thing them. was like at one point I stopped one of them uh, and I was like, uh, I think what you're looking for is down that way. And then she's like, no, I'm, I'm in the right place. And she had a Sunnydale one. It was not long after Buffy. And she nice. was wearing like a, uh, uh, and I was great. like, oh, my bad. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but then other people would walk up to him and say, uh, hey, are you on Heroes? And no. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I talk about and leave, you know. But yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, what I'm really sad that you all would talk about, uh, you know, when we kind of when we first started, mm. uh, you talked about they used to do a, a live action paranoia game. Yes. Oh my yes, god! Right. I miss that so much. Oh man! It would be it would be so fun to mm. have that going on. Yeah. The entire time. Yep. And you know, oh, it great. seems like whenever I've got the time to do it, they like it's one of the off years when they don't run it. So I have like yeah. never yeah. been able to make it into the live action paranoia. True. Yep. Timing, timing. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. you can always tell when they're like, it's like big groups of people like running around like with buckets and stuff. That's <laughs> those are like the paranoia people. They like they'll go like stomping through the hall in like big groups. There's like three or four of them. And you're like, yep, there they go. They're out shooting rubble or whatever. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And usually there's a megaphone somewhere. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Somewhere. <laughs> it kind of has to be. Yes. Um, and a lot of people yelling friend computer. Of course. <laughs> yeah. It's treasonous not oh, to, you know. Treasonous not to. Um, Mark, you had a, a topic for us here. We'll probably oh. round out the, the episode yes. with this topic and then uh, send these fine people on their way. Fair enough. Okay. Um, well, first of all, just a little introduction. I got involved uh, the last couple of weeks in a, we've talked about Rollgate before. And mm-hmm. uh, I've gotten involved in a Star Trek game on roll oh, play by post game uh play by post using the new uh modifius rules so yeah kind of get to learn that a little bit which is nice um and one of the things that's interesting about the modifius system is the ship is has, has a very distinct character of its own uh which which i'm fascinated by i've, I've played just about every star trek and this is something really new and what it suggests is kind of the players do this as a group and, you know, you kind of plan this out. But uh, the ships have specific missions, which give them different attributes, um, you know, different different themes, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can kind of theme your campaign based on how the, uh, how the ship is themed. And so anyway, we were talking about it. And uh, as is normal for um, play-by-post... The players were all kind of discussing at a time when the game master wasn't there. And, you know, we were kind of talking and uh, pointing out that um, ultimately, somebody mentioned ultimately it's up to the the game master to uh, decide what kind of game she wants to run. You know, what what kind of flavor is she looking to to present? 
and somebody else made the comment that uh, no, the game master should do what the players decide they want to do. And it just seems like a kind of a basic uh, fundamental debate about uh, where is that dividing line between what, you know, the responsibility of the game master to cater to the players and the responsibility of the game master to kind of seek their own vision. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's a common occurrence. It really is. Mm-hmm. Just because yep. there are so many different kinds of GMs. Mm-hmm. Just... You know, they're they're all different personalities, and uh, and players too. Yeah, I've ex- I've experienced both sides mm-hmm. of, of those GMs. You know, the ones that really care about what the players want to do, and ones that really couldn't couldn't give a shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. But um, well, we've talked about talked about it before that uh, if you have a play a game that you want to play, you have to GM it and get it together and and kind of get it together for your for your players. Um, right, which kind of does suggest the game master gets to decide some of the tone and the flavor and um, the game choice, for example. Well, of course. And uh, you know, but uh, this is kind of kind of flipping it to, and you know, you have a group of players who want something specific. Where you know, where does that take you? You know, I, I think a lot of it has to do with player comfortability. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've noticed a lot of more beginner players who don't necessarily have all those ideas naturally of all these improv ideas of, you know, where they would want to go as easily as others. Let's right. say storytelling storytelling gamers. You know, right? Um, where like I, I've been a GM and experienced asking the players what kind of story they would want to run, and them not coming up with ideas. So mm-hmm. naturally, it turns to me just mm-hmm. writing a story for them. Well, I think I think that's part of it. Is you, you know, and part of my thinking is the game master is going to have a a certain flavor that you should be taking advantage of of their strengths. Um, right. For example, horror is not my genre. I, I don't really read horror books, watch horror movies. Mm-hmm. Not not my right. type of thing. Mm-hmm. So Brendan Carrion, on the other hand, sure, yeah, um, you know. But but or you know, if if Stephen King were going to game master a game for us, <laughs> I do not want the players forcing him to do a romantic comedy. I'm emailing now. <laughs> Actually, right. awesome. that would be pretty horrific right there. So yeah, yeah. Oh, um, you know, if if Stephen King is game mastering, I'm going to play a horror game cause, exactly because I know that's you know Brendan Carrion is another great example. Yeah, that's going to be his thing. He's going to go that route. Um, so Hashtag as a player, RPG. <laughs> yeah, as a player, say that, I don't say wanna, that again. Oh, What'd you say, Steve? Hashtag Gunslinger RPG. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but as a player, I don't want to force the, the, a game master out of that comfort zone because ultimately I want a good game and I know yeah. a player, a game master is going to do better in, in their safe zone for the most part. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Um, Steve, what do you think? What are you, what are your opinions on this? Well, honestly, it's a sliding scale, and there's no there's no like like right or wrong. It's not like the game master gets to pick or the players get to pick. It's really more a matter of trust, and that sort of thing yeah. is built up over like multiple sessions. So, like if you've got a GM, you've been playing with him for a while, he wants to do something new. The players want to do something new. There's a little bit of interplay. Just talk to each other and figure out what you want to do. Because, like for instance, like Mark, you know. If if anybody else came to me and said, "Hey, I want to run an espionage based RPG," I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, thanks." Um, but it's Mark, and he runs great ones. So yeah, exactly, you know, it, it, it's it's a matter of like what kind of rapport do you have with your players, how long you've been playing, and and uh, like how much uh, uh, leeway are you willing to cut them to try something new that could end up being really really fun. Yeah, exactly. I can agree with that. Yeah. Um, now, interestingly, we just kind of ran into this in our Tuesday game. Um, we were okay. talking about a new game, you know, right. doing, doing something different. Uh-huh. And it, it kind of came to a, you know, here's some of the games that I'm, I'm knowledgeable about running. Yeah. And then the, you know, players out of those, what would you, what's the preferences? Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, and that was kind of a good, good, yeah, yeah, that was a good way. Yeah. That's, do. that's a good approach to it because if you give, it's, it's like a buffet, you know, if you've got. <clears throat> an entire buffet of games to yeah. think about. Nobody's going to make a decision. Right. They're going to want right. a little bit of everything or Let's whatever. Do D&D again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or just settle on what you know and what you love. Yes. You know, but mm-hmm. um but yeah, if you narrow that down, it'll give people a better idea of, you know, what mindset they can get in or would like mm-hmm. to get in or or uh, you know, what kind yeah. of story they would want to be a part of. Right. Um, you know, if it if it does have to come down to the GM's decision, yeah, so definitely. Um, have you all had experiences with with uh, this kind of thing, other than uh, you know your your Tuesday night game here? Yeah, I've definitely had times where you know the players have said, "Hey, let's do something new," and generally I'm fine with that because honestly, like like beating a campaign into the ground is one of the worst things ever. Um, like, you know, you can tell if the players aren't interested, no one's going to have fun. And even though you're like, dude, I have this really cool story written out. Trust me, it's probably not going to pan out if your players are phoning it in. So, you know, learn to read the room. And if they're not really jamming on the setting or whatever, the story, you know, then maybe it's time to move on, you know, like see what they are into and uh, see if you can't get something that's going to bring it up, like, drum up a little bit of energy. I mean, the worst case, at least you'll probably have fewer people, like, not being able to make the game each week, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've but always if kind you of think been... about it, it's, yeah. it's less people to have to juggle. That, yeah. <laughs> and a tighter that. group that remains. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I've always kind of come at it from the opposite, opposite way, though. You know, if, if I'm a player and I want to do something different, it's up to me to game master that and get the, you know, get that together and, and generate the interest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, uh, a game is going to be ultimately a game is going to be made or break, made or broken by a good game master. And if mm-hmm. the game master is doing what they feel strongly and passionately about, you're going to have a better game experience than, than forcing them into, uh, something that, that you want that might not be there comfort zone and i i prefer a good game over any specific genre or type Mm -hmm. no i agree as long as it's a good experience yeah 
um, and a great story, you know, that's kind of all that matters uh-huh. in well, my mind, at least. Well, here's a kind of a related question here. Say you've got players like player A wants a crunchy dungeon crawler and player B hates crunchy dungeon crawlers. Like, mm. how do you balance? So we've got opposing. We've got opposing sides. Yeah, yeah. Like, how do you balance like different players wanting, uh, like, expecting different experiences out of the RPG? Uh, my solution don't, I'm not saying it's the right one. It's probably not. (laughs) Um, I, you just have to give equal time to each person's interest. Uh, you have to try your best to maybe, you know, throw a dungeon crawl in there every once in a while. Um, you know, maybe throw in a couple more enemies for this guy to bash, Mm -hmm. you know, in, in, in a fight scene, you know, um, I don't know. What do you think, Mark? I think the name of this uh, this type of game is role playing game, <laughs> and so in my opinion, it's the player's job to um, decide how they're going to interact with the situations they're given. Um, if you know, I mean, you're going to create a character probably that has a certain um, expertise, and if that expertise is not mm-hmm. being used eventually you're going to find frustration with the game and and probably leave it but uh but ultimately um as a player my my goal is to enjoy what's what's presented um and it's kind of my expectation of the players too is Mm -hmm. um you know i i I don't want to go totally off the rails and uh you know totally do something you're you're not expecting um but a lot of that is just kind of sticking with the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you're being true to to the type of game that you're playing, um, you know, I, I I wouldn't be too finicky about you know, is it a dungeon crawl or is it a city? You know, is it is it more mm-hmm. urban setting? Um, the other thing to do as a game master, shake it up. You know. Mm-hmm. Maybe, okay, one person wants uh, political intrigue, the other wants dungeon crawl. Find something totally different and uh, go... Uh, oh, so go neither of them. Go, yeah, and let the, both of them shake it up. But um, Interesting. But ultimately... Political crawl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> political crawl. <laughs> but, uh, but ultimately, if you're going to shake it up, you're going to come around to everybody's interests eventually anyway. So just keep things moving, keep things changing, and uh, but if you're within the the genre, that's the that's why people are playing that game anyway. Yeah, and and uh, like you said before, kind of you're there to game, and what does it matter what what kind of game it is? You're gaming. You're getting well the specifically to sit down and specifically you're role playing, yeah. and that means. Immersing yourself into an experience that you weren't expecting, exactly. and if if I'm dictating what you're doing, then I'm expecting what's going to happen, and that's mm-hmm. kind of taken away from part yeah. of the surprise. Hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. With with the exception of that one gaming store game, the 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 story <laughs> I used to tell once a week. Oh, your uh-huh. your disaster. Uh, yeah, my disaster. Um. Other than that, if if I'm getting together to play a game, I'm probably going to stay with the game because I don't get to you know game locally much. Yeah. So I'm going to try my best to to stick with it. But even even that wasn't a uh, wasn't a case of a poorly 
I wouldn't even say a poorly written game. It was just poorly executed. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was very heavy in the mechanics uh, that slowed it down to a point where you couldn't enjoy the the role playing. Um, exactly. So that's you know I think that's a slightly different issue too in terms of different situation. But uh, you know I mean I mean it's an approach to the the game, but not uh, not the exact not the game genre. Itself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's right. The, the the GM style wasn't reflective of what the game should have been. More or less of what you're saying? I think so. Yeah, it, yeah. it seems. Yeah. That's the way it seems anyway. But yeah, it, it's... Uh, gaming's fun. Gaming's, <laughs> gaming's, a, yes. gaming's a lifestyle, it is. It really <laughs> is, yeah. Absolutely. Steve, do you have any uh, wise words of wisdom? Uh, <clears throat> nope, nope, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> he clears his throat like he's getting ready to yeah. say a lot of stuff, but he's like, <clears throat> oh, nope. up next to the fire. Nope, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. We might cut this episode just a little bit short here. Um, but yeah, thank you, gentlemen, for joining me today. It has been a pleasure. Um, and I look forward to uh, to the next episode. And that's it for this episode of Tabletop Radio Hour. Like always, you can find this episode on soundcloud.com slash tabletopradiohour and on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter at tabletopcast if you have any questions or comments. You can join us over on facebook.com slash tabletopradiohour for regular updates. We also have an email address that is tabletopradiohour at gmail.com. Our website tabletopradiohour.wordpress.com You can find information about our Patreon page on our website. I want to thank you all for listening, and keep rolling 20s.